0: Hey there pioneers welcome to episode number 280 you know oftentimes in life we feel like we're not quite there yet with what we want to be doing I know for many of you myself included this homesteading lifestyle is definitely a journey and there's so much more that we want to be doing it's kind of like going down that proverbial rabbit hole As soon as you step foot on this homesteading journey, you immediately see that there's so much more and you can't wait to dive into it. And while I always want to be learning and moving forward and doing more, it's really important for me and for you to remember that we can make vast improvements. In fact, actual life changing things can happen by just doing the little things. And that comes back to our food. If you've been listening to the podcast for any amount of time, then you know my story, which I shared in a three-part series back in episode, the first part one is back in episode number 126 about how I quit my stomach acid meds and healed myself naturally. And that was really the catalyst for me, of going down this homesteading journey to where we are now. And of course, I want to go even further. But I think it's really important to share with you guys other people's stories and other people's journeys so that you really can see what is possible. And also sometimes I need to be reminded too, because sometimes I get tired. You know, we all do. When you live this way, season after season and year in and year out, there could definitely be times when you get a little bit tired and run down. And sometimes you just need that reminder of why this is so important and why we do what we do. So welcome to today's episode. Here's a little bit about the podcast. I'm your host, Melissa K. Norris, a fifth generation homesteader who got back to my roots of using simple, Modern homesteading for a healthier and more self-sufficient life after a cancer scare in my late twenties. This is the place for you, my friend, if you've sometimes wondered if you weren't born a hundred years too late, if you've always thought that you and Laura Ingalls would be best friends, and if you think that every home and kitchen would be better if they were filled with mason jars and cast iron, and those things were used daily with homegrown and homemade food. If that is you, then welcome home and welcome to this amazing community of modern pioneers. I'm excited to be bringing back today's guest, which is Autumn. So Autumn and her husband live on a tiny farmstead in the mountains of southern British Columbia, Canada. And I had Autumn on the podcast actually this summer. We were talking all about making homemade fruit vinegar. And I didn't get to talk to Autumn as much as I wanted to, on that episode, it was just very brief on this part of the story that we're going to be diving into full on today. And that was in Autumn's early adult years, she got really sick with advanced Lyme disease and was really struggling with her health. It, very severe. And how homesteading and whole foods and home remedies brought her to a place where the disease is now manageable. You're not really ever cured of it, which she goes into more detail in this episode. But even if you don't have advanced Lyme disease, there was so much in this story that I know you are going to find useful. You may even know people who maybe have these symptoms that don't even know that they have Lyme disease. There are so many useful things in this episode that I wanted to share it with you, and I hope that you will enjoy Autumn's story just as much as me. Now, if you want to go and grab any of the links that are in today's episode, you can do so at melissakynorris.com forward slash 280, just the number 280, because that's the podcast episode we're on is 280. So without further ado, we're going to dive straight into this episode. Autumn, welcome back to the podcast. And I have been really looking forward to talking to you about this. My interest was totally piqued um, the last time we got to meet. So thank you so much for coming back on. Yeah, it's great to be back. Thanks for having me. Yeah, people always want to find out about healing. That's one of the things I get asked about the most on my own. Is how I healed my stomach ulcers and really bad GERD, etc. And for me, it was a whole foods journey, which then started this catalyst of going to everything more natural in our home from cleaning products to looking at the medicine that we were taking to using herbs and just all the, all the different things. But I am always fascinated when other people who have had different conditions and different diseases have found similar, a similar path and similar healing, because I think it gives a lot of hope to a lot of people. And shows that no matter what you may be battling with, that you will find some help. Of course, we can't, you know, it's, there's not always complete healing. Like That would be not true to say. I, I feel like it can really give people hope with, if they're really struggling um, in certain areas of their life to hear what other people have done and that there is that light at the end of the tunnel or things do get better. So yours is a completely different in the aspect yours wasn't stomach acid or ulcers but you had really severe Lyme disease. So can you just like share how that came about and then how homesteading and Whole Foods and everything like that, like the progression you've made and maybe what you're still dealing with and, and how you did it? Like, I'm just fascinated to hear this story. <laughs> All right. Well,
1: it began, I actually have a lot of people who struggle with Lyme disease don't have like a really clear This is when it began, but I do know because I was actually bit by a tick on my parents' farm. I was 19 years old and in college, home for the summer. I was up in the mountains there. I love nature and wildlife photography, so I was out doing my thing. And um, I'd come back down into out of the hills, into my parents' um, fields, and I actually felt sort of a pain on my arm. And I looked down and there was a little tick happily sucking away at me. (laughs) Very gross. I hate ticks. I always have. But, you know, you're a farm kid. It's like we're used to bugs and ticks and, you know, dealing with critters and livestock. And so you pick it off and you go your merry way. But I did notice with this particular tick bite, there was a weird red rash around it. And I was like, that's really odd. But of course, I didn't really think anything of it. At that time, Lyme disease, this was over 10 years ago. So Lyme disease wasn't really talked about a lot. I didn't know symptoms, signs, any of that stuff. I just kept living my life after that. And it took a couple years for me for it to really kick in and take hold. But when it did, it was aggressive. And it actually went really, really fast. But it was also very helpful for me to remember that and have that knowledge tucked away in the back of my head when I did start looking for help, because that's a sure sign of Lyme disease is that rash around the bite. So that was almost that was over 10 years ago. And it has been a journey ever since. So that's how it all started, though, for me.
0: When it became aggressive, because some people like myself included, like the bullseye rash and ticks carry Lyme disease and stuff. But what were the symptoms that really, when it became, you know, really obvious Mm. that something was wrong that you were experiencing? Well, I was working
1: a really, really stressful job and it did start as a pretty slow um, digression, but I was working for a Christian organization actually. And I took on way too much. I was young. I was kind of (laughs) in that stage of life where you feel you can do anything and you should be able to do everything, right? Oh, yeah. (laughs) So I was going from working with this Christian organization. It was actually a Bible college. And then I would have my summers off. So I would go work at a horse camp near where I grew up. It's a head wrangler there because I love horses. And I kind of had done that back and forth for I think it was two two years just going from one to the next and they're both really like intense very involved with people and I had noticed during that time that I was getting more and more exhausted but I was like oh I just keep pushing through that's what you do like that's farm kid stuff right you're like have your seasons and you just push through and you know when the hay is on the field you push really hard until you get the hay up and like we're used to pushing ourselves yeah so I had not learned to respect my body yet at that point and so getting really tired I started you know going to doctors just to get you know checked out be like you know I'm I low in iron or you know it's something something off and they kept saying, no, no, it, everything's in the normal range. Some things are like in the low normal range, but everything's okay. And so I, the second year of working at the Bible college, the fatigue got to be really, really bad. And it was enough to where I wasn't able to work full time and, you know, kind of looking for answers with doctors. But actually I decided that the The one summer that I was just going to go home and just rest and like just give myself a break because I thought the fatigue and the brain fog and all the different things that were happening. I thought it was just because of my really stressful job. And that's kind of what, you know, doctors have told me, like, make sure you're, you know, taking a break and respecting your body. So I was like, okay, I'm going to do that. But I. I loved my parents are still on the farm where I grew up and I love the farm love horses. And so I decided I'd always wanted to learn trick riding on horseback. And so I decided that summer that I took off. I was going to go home to my parents farm and just relax and kind of recharge. And I started um, training, though, for trick riding. So I started working out like an hour, hour and a half every day and, you know, trying to build the muscles I needed and um, I went home and ooh, here we go, <laughs> a little bit of emotion coming out, but I was doing that and I went home and eight weeks later, I couldn't get out of bed. Everything just literally crashed in my body. Um, it was a really, a really, really scary time for me. I never, no, I was young. I was 21 years old. I had never really experienced health issues before. Um, but I think because I had pushed myself so hard that it opened a doorway for the Lyme disease to just take off in my body, and so that was summer 2011, and I grappled with a lot of things that summer, and of course, I had to give up, you know, the trick riding. I, I couldn't some days I couldn't hardly walk. My legs were clumsy. Some days I, it, like I just physically, my limbs felt detached from my body, which is really weird. But a lot of people who have Lyme disease, can, they understand what that feeling feels like. I'm just not good control. And yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing what comes clear to you when you're faced with something like that. Like what really matters what is most important. And it is something I still look back on today, even. And it's something that has shaped me so much of just, you know, money doesn't matter. Um Your home doesn't matter where like your location doesn't matter. The only thing that mattered to me in that time were relationships, like, am I in good standing with God? You know, can I trust that he's there? And then people around me and those were really the only things that really seemed to matter in that time. So I had a really crazy summer, went back to work. Um, I actually thought Melissa that I was going to die. Like it was getting to be so bad that, um, not that, not that in the state I was at at that particular time, I didn't, I was like, I'm, I'm fine now, but if how aggressively things took hold, it's like, I will be dead in a year if this continues. And you just, you don't know with that stuff, right? Uh, Like now I can look back and say, wow, like I, it was fine. I was fine, but it was so strong when it took hold that it, I would have been dead in a year if it had kept going. And I didn't know that it was going to let up,
0: but, um, it did i it so at that point had you been diagnosed yet like no. did you know it was you
1: so you didn't really know what was causing it was it. all unknown yeah. i was like okay. i'm gonna die of an unknown disease
0: like oh, i'm just really, something's wrong but nobody knows yeah. what okay yeah
1: because yeah. i had been to doctors before like to check for the fatigue and they're all like no you're normal you're normal everything's okay and i was like okay it's just an emotional thing then like i'm drained emotionally But when I went home, what that solidified for me, that summer break, solidified a lot of things. But what it solidified was that it wasn't just an emotional thing. Something was physically wrong with me. So that was a crazy, crazy time. I know I keep saying that, and I don't have time to go into everything that happened then, but it made me realize um, that I needed medical help. Mm-hmm. still no diagnosis. So I went back to my job that fall and worked part-time and I pushed pretty hard with my doctors for like something is wrong. Cause before like they can say whatever they want and you don't really know. I was like, maybe it just is emotional. I don't know. But after that summer, I knew this is like a physical health issue and there's got to be an explanation So I still wasn't doing super well health wise. I was working part time at my job and I really tried to dive deep with my doctors. Like something is wrong. And he he did test me for a lot, a lot of different things, (laughs) like a lot of different things. I always jokingly say you could have drowned a horse and all the blood he took from my body for testing and just going (laughs) through so many different things. Um, and eventually, though, he kind of sat me down and was like, Adam, like we're, we're doing all these tests and it's nothing's really like we can see something sort of happening. Your body, you know, your white blood cell counts aren't where they should be, but then they pull back up like six weeks later. And he basically sat me down and it, like in a very careful way, told me that it's a mental problem and that I needed to sort out my mental issues and then I would get better. And again, here I go again getting a little choked up, but I remember walking out of that doctor's office and just just such a crazy mix of feelings in me. I was angry, I was hurt, I was scared because you don't know Like when a doctor gives up on you, what do you do? And so I did not go to another doctor. I was like, I don't want to go through all this all over again with just trying it with another doctor. So I had, and I, I will say in hindsight, that doctor actually did give me one of the best gifts I've been given in the whole course of my health journey. Not that what he did was, Good. I mean, he was doing what he had to do, right? There's no answers. So, logical conclusion is this is a mental thing for you. But he really made me realize that when it comes to my health, I am number one in the line of responsibility. Yes. My health is in my hands. And I I didn't like what he did, but oh, let me tell you, I walked out of that doctor's office being like, I am going to find answers and I'm going to do it my own way. I'm going to get really serious about my health. I'm going to start researching. I'm going to start taking whatever steps I need to take to just create a healthier life. So in the moment, I wasn't very happy, but in hindsight, I was like, wow, that gave me the push in the right direction that I needed. And it's still, still something I'm actually really grateful for today. I wasn't in the moment. But now I am because that totally drove the point home to me. And it, it changed
0: the way I approached health actually forever after that. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I totally understand what you're saying because I, that I felt the very same way um, when I went through everything that I really Yes. It, it's a, it's a way of like, it's a bad thing, but you look and try to pull the good out of it. And I, I'm there with you. Yes. We are the single biggest factor of, of our health and we have to be our own advocate no matter what
1: yeah and it was it was totally and it was so funny though because i didn't i didn't realize i even had that mentality like i didn't grow up in a family we went to doctors for like broken bones and stitches and surgeries like i did not grow up with a mentality that the doctor was responsible for my health but somehow in there i kind of did have that mentality So that was really interesting to me to look back on and realize is like, wow, yeah, I did have that mindset. I didn't even realize it. And I'm not saying doctors don't help us. I totally am grateful for doctors, but something was flipped the wrong way. And his saying that and pushing me kind of got things into right standing with the way it should be.
0: Yeah. So how... Did you finally, did you just do self-diagnosis or did you finally just get blood work that confirmed it? Or how did you get, how did you finally discover that it was actually Mm. Lyme disease? So I have a sister-in-law who actually had
1: Lyme disease really, really bad. And she was just at the point, she had just got a diagnosis. And basically I was like, we had noticed that symptoms were similar. And she's like, you're like three years behind what all my symptoms were or like I'm three years ahead of you you know and she was in the states I was actually in Canada at the time and she had gotten a diagnosis and right away she got a hold of me and was like autumn you need to get tested for Lyme disease she's like I I feel very certain based on your symptoms and the fact that I had the same ones you know earlier um she's like I'm pretty sure you have Lyme disease and I tried to get testing through Canadian doctors but they actually, the tests they run generally are not very reliable. There is actually a lab in the States that specializes in Lyme disease and diagnosing. And so I actually had to go to the States. It's a very expensive test, but paid for it. And was working with a doctor down there. And the, the, the test came back uh, positive. So not just for Lyme disease, but also for some of the co-infections that can come with it. And so that's how I actually found out was I actually had to go to the States to get the testing.
0: Okay. So once you got the testing, um, what was kind of like the, the protocol that they put you on? So
1: I did not do... I. It was actually really hard because, you know, you you suddenly you're thrown into this new world and you're trying to figure it all out. And what you're grappling with, what it means for your health. Once Lyme disease takes hold, it's it, it doesn't go away. It's I hate to use the word chronic because that sounds so hopeless, but it's there to stay. If you catch it right away, if you have the tick bite and the rash, you can go in and do antibiotics, and often they can obliterate it but I mean, I'm quite sick. I'm several years into this thing living in my body. And so I toyed with the idea of antibiotics. I talked to different people who had Lyme disease, and actually a lot of them said, don't do the antibiotics because you have to go on for so long. Basically, it's a lifetime of being on and off of antibiotics, which can cause massive other problems. Just did some research and it didn't seem like a good plan, especially in light of the fact of my liver wasn't doing super well at that point. And there were some other, just some other things. I didn't have peace about trying the antibiotic route. And the more I talked to people who had had Lyme disease, the more I was like, you know what? I think it would be better if I just learned to manage this and just get really healthy and give my body as much of a fighting chance as I can give it by giving it everything it needs to function really well. And so that's kind of what happened. I chose not to go on antibiotics. I've attended two different kind of natural treatment, not treatment centers, but health centers that just, they taught me about nutrition and they taught me about how to detox your body. They taught me about different natural treatments you can do to help manage the Lyme in the body. And they actually, interestingly enough, they actually taught me that home-raised food was the best food that you could actually put in your body because it doesn't have all the sprays, it's super rich in vitamins and nutrients because you can take it straight from the vine or the garden to the table, there's no loss there. And so they really, they said, I know not everybody can do this, but ideally you would raise all your own food because that's how you get the best, that's the best way you can support your body is by feeding it good food that it needs and really clean, healthy food. And so that kind of put me on the right path and it's just been a journey from there.
0: That is amazing that you found a clinic or a place you know that that told you that and endorse that because i feel like so much of our modern medicine and i'm like you like modern medicine totally has its place and and you know i still take i still go to doctors when needed mm-hmm. my family I, I do see a naturopath but it's you know in in um co with you know doctors and stuff so i'm not anti modern medicine as a whole but that being said i feel like when we go to modern medicine, that a lot of it is, if they can't find something like you did, like right away, they can't diagnose it, instead of approaching our health holistically, like all the aspects, um, they just kind of want to put a band-aid on it or like an immediate mm-hmm. fix, but it doesn't really fix or get to the root of the problem. And like what you, you know, especially when you're, you're dealing with something that's going to be I know you don't like the term, but like a chronic disease, like yeah. there's not a cure. There's not an absolute cure right. for that. It's not like you take an antibiotic, you know, and get over an in immediate affection type thing. Um, I feel like that's where modern medicine really drops the ball. Yeah. Because there's so much that we can do that's simple things. Really, I mean, the, the food yeah. that we eat is simple it doesn't feel always simple if you're making that shift <laughs> like i get it and it's not always yes. simple to grow a big garden and to raise your own food because we do that and it's it's a it's a simple thing but it's not always easy i think that's no. what i was trying to get out there yeah. um but it really can make a huge impact especially long term i mean the you know yes. you just yeah and so i really My hope is that more and more people who are discovering this on our own, like I discovered that, you've discovered that, um, and then we're now able to to come together and to share that with other people, Um, my hope is that that will become more of the norm and that we'll be able to help create a shift where this becomes more of the norm um, versus what you get when you just go to a regular doctor and that. So. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm so grateful that, that you found that. And I know you are too. So up to that point, cause you were raised, like you said, on a farm, doing a lot of the homesteading stuff. So was I, but were you really actively living that way or did that change a lot that you <laughs> no. needed to do? Um, yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was actually living
1: in a small town. I was in a duplex Had a little tiny front yard, no backyard. But once I realized that I needed to get really serious about my health, I, <laughs> okay, I don't recommend people necessarily do it this way, but when I realized diet was important and that I needed to clean up my eating, I literally opened my pantry and just started checking things in the garbage can. Yeah. Yeah refined flour, white flour in the garbage. I had like canola oil, vegetable oil in the garbage, pasta, um, any of those like prepared white sugar, processed, anything. I literally, we had a big garbage can in our house. And by the time I went through my pantry, it was like full. And I was like, all right, that's done. I am going whole food. And it wasn't super easy. Initially, um, I did grow up like my mom always milled her own flour. So I already knew how to work with like whole wheat flour, and some of those things. But the hardest part for me was actually sourcing those things. Because at the time, I was in northern BC, actually. And it, it wasn't super easy. Organics was just coming in up there, which is kind of funny, because it but it is very behind. It's not super big on those sorts of things. So I started sourcing my local farmers, though. Um, You know, there was a little little gal in our church who had, like, chickens. She would sell the eggs. So I started buying eggs from her. I started buying, like, grass-fed, pasture-raised beef. Um, Started going over to whole grains, whole foods, doing more, like, leafy greens. And a lot of it, I knew I wanted to go further with it. But I was like, I just got to start here. And so I started with food and then it transferred to other things as well. Household cleaners and just body care, skincare products just started cleaning it all up. And the more I researched and learned, the more I was like, wow, this is really geared toward convenience, not health. Like that is what most products and most things in our lives are geared for is convenience and to be fast. And so it was a big learning curve. And I mean, 10 over 10 years later, and I'm still learning, but that was where I began was in a townhouse actually. So I always tell people, don't wait. Like if you know you need to make health changes, start right now. Even if your goal is to get in the country and to get on a homestead, start now. Because if you don't and you wait till you're on your homestead and then you try to do all these things, you're going to sink and you're going to burn out because it is an adjustment.
0: Yes. Yes, it is. And I, I was, I was uh, smiling when you said that's what you did. um, When you just cleared everything out (laughs) and um, I'm laughing because I did that similarly, but I was the one um, because my, my kids, I want to say my daughter was like one, Um, And my son was almost five and then my husband. And so I was the one that was kind of was having the health issues. They weren't really exhibiting anything. Um, And so I was like, oh, well, you know, I could keep these, you know, we'll just finish this box of pasta. But I remember when I got to the shortening. And I don't know, shortening is like my, my, my thing. And so I got to the shortening and I'm looking at this big, huge thing at Crisco, right? Cause I bought mm. like the Costco size of Crisco <laughs> and I'm looking at this and it was that and the vegetable oil. And I'm looking at these two things and I'm like, I don't care that I just bought these and like I barely broke the seal. I'm like, these are two, th- I cannot, I, mm. I just can't. And so I remember I did toss those and at that time it killed me cause I'm like, oh, that was, you know, however much <sighs> money it was at the time. <sighs> But I was just like, nope, these are the two that I just I can't. And so I immediately Mm. threw those out. And then there was other things that, you know, just as after we ended up, you know, using it up, I'm like, nope, then it got swapped to the other thing. But That's what I I recommend people do. Don't (laughs) be (laughs) (laughs) Well, but on one hand, I think too though, if you are really experiencing your symptoms and you do have the money to replace those items, because I'm with you. Like I started this about 10 years ago too. And I'm amazed at how much more there is out there now and available than there was even 10 years ago. I mean, it's, it's more than doubled what we I can find now, like on store shelves. It's really amazing. And then of course, with online ordering from different companies as well, that's expounded too, and and really opened up the door. And and I feel like the prices have really went down too. I've I've noticed um, finding the good sources and stuff. So I, I say if, if you are having really severe, you know, symptoms, whatever that may be, of course, we're not diagnosing because, you know, we don't know what everybody has no. or anything, But and you have the availability of the money to replace those items, I feel like the sooner the better, but yeah. if you don't want to overwhelm or feel like, man, I can't afford to replace everything in my pantry right now, I totally get that, um, you know, then doing it like you said, just use that up and then replace it with the next best, yeah. best option um, is really key. So, you cleaned up diet first and then mm-hmm. started looking at all the other things that you were using and coming in contact and stuff. And so has, how has that helped with your Lyme symptoms? Like, do you still have symptoms? Is the disease, does it ever go into what I guess you would call like, um, like your recession submission. or, or that, or submission? Yeah. How does, yeah. And where are you at with that <clears throat> right now? Well, it's, um, I...
1: It definitely did help. Like I noticed right away, once I started changing my diet and cleaning things up, um, it seemed like my body just could heal faster. And that's even true now. Like if I eat unhealthy, I'll get sick way faster because I do have a compromised immune system. Still, it's pretty strong when I eat healthy, but if I don't, oh boy, like look out, trouble's coming. So, um, initially, I just started noticing I had always struggled with like, like lotion, like store bought lotion and some different things like that. My skin, especially since getting sick, just did not respond well to some of that stuff. So part of it was just like it eliminated some just like annoying, oh, what would you call it? Just side issues. But over time, the food really, um, my mental clarity, I was dealing with a lot of brain fog. I was dealing with extreme fatigue. Um, there were some days where I could only be up for like two hours at a time and I'd have to go lay down and sleep again. So it helped with that. And just overall, energy is huge for me. My food drastically affects my energy levels. And just overall health stuff, I feel stronger, I feel healthier. And until you experience, you know, it's kind of hard to explain to somebody who hasn't experienced some of the Lyme symptoms. But I'll, I'll tell people, like, my body doesn't feel gross and dirty. And I don't know how else to put that. But when I eat processed food, my body, I will swell. Sometimes I'll feel really irritated. And I just feel yucky. Like almost like you, not like you do before you're going to throw up, but almost that idea through my whole body of just like, it feels gross. Mm. And I, (laughs) I know that's not a great explanation. I can't explain it to somebody who's never felt it, but it's a really bad feeling. And so my food directly affects how I feel, my mental clarity, my energy. Um, It's a really big deal. And that's actually why my husband and I have taken such drastic steps with, you know, getting back to the country and setting up this piece of land into the food producing system we need because it really, it makes such a big difference. He can see it in me. It's not just me feeling it. He can observe the difference.
0: Yeah. So do you feel that it was mainly the food, the food and the sourcing and stuff? Was there anything else that you did that you felt like uh, really helped as well, or just mainly focusing just solely on that? Well,
1: like I said, I did do some treatment centers. Um, and I think that is, sorry, not treatment centers. I'm not supposed to use that word in relation to Lyme disease. Some okay. Health centers. Okay, um, <laughs> I did attend some of those, and there's actually one we have here in Canada that really helped um, find more of the co-infections that have come with Lyme disease. Like I, I would love to say food like fixes it, but it doesn't. If you have still have issues going on underneath the surface, mm-hmm. you still do need to address those. So. This one center was super helpful. They actually found five more co-infections. That's actually one of the reasons Lyme disease is so difficult to keep under control is it comes with up to, I think they've said it's over 24 different infections as well. They can be bacteria or um, parasite based and they will ride on and protect the Lyme disease. So actually in order to get on top of For me to really get on top of things, I actually had to deal with those. And I had five different infections. And then once we got those and got those under control, some of them you can completely get rid of. Mm -hmm. Um, Then we really started noticing the food and the lifestyle really, really being kind of my. I don't know what the word is, but like that's my foundation now is the food and the goods and rest. I still have to rest. You know, I'm, I'm not, I'll never return to my full energy that I used to have just because of worn out adrenals and some other things, but definitely now, like the diet is my, my number one on my list of priorities.
0: Yeah. Well, and I'm really glad you shared that though, because I think it's important to know that diet can have such a big impact because I've experienced that and you've experienced that with two totally different things. But on the, on the same hand, I think it's important to be really transparent and I don't know if realistic is quite the right word, but realistic that you're still going to battle with things and it Mm. can make a big improvement, but it it isn't a cure necessarily. Um, You know because even though i feel and i feel like too like it's always a journey like compared to where i was 10 years ago like man my diet's amazing but it's not perfect and there's definitely room for improvement with my diet and i'm constantly going through that like because i'll feel i think too when you go through something like this and when you do really clean up your diet and you really begin to pay attention to how do i feel like really how does my body feel because a lot of times. I'm so like you, like I'll ignore things until they get really bad, which is not <laughs> smart. Like if you, you know, right. do something in the beginning, it's, it's much better. Um, and so I'm trying to practice that even now and really pay attention to things mm. and be like, how, how am I feeling and what am I doing and paying attention? Like, okay, if I do this activity or if I eat this food or I'm eating this way, how is this making me feel? And like really being, I guess, in tune Uh, with your body and really paying attention to that because I feel like a lot of times we don't realize the correlation. Like it's there, but we're ignoring it or we're just not seeing it. We're not allowing ourselves to be cognizant and take note of it. And so I feel like that's a really big thing. And even with having a a clean diet, like there's still, there's new things that have popped up for me, like Mm -hmm. low thyroid. And like you said, adrenal. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Like, and then, you know, different hormonal issues I became estrogen dominant. Like there's been a lot of things. And even though I was eating very clean, I still was going through those things. And that being said, like there's, um, I could even still adjust my diet and I'm still trying to pay attention to that and, and adjust it as well. So I just kind of wanted to, to put that out there. I didn't yes. um, want anybody to, to feel like, well, man, I, I am eating really well, but I'm still dealing with things that it would be like this perfect cure, but that it definitely has made such an improvement. So thanks for bringing that up.
1: Yeah, and I I like to think of it like, okay, I know I'm a farm kid, so bear with me on this illustration, but if you have animals that you are working really hard, like let's say, you know, I grew up doing some hunting on horseback and different things and lots of riding in the mountains if you're not feeding your animals proper nutrition, things are going to go wrong. Like oh, yeah. you can't deprive, like in the most basic sense, it's like, well, if you only feed your animal half of what they should be getting, you can't expect them to go have the same energy, you know, to, to do their work for you. And it's kind of that same concept. Like as growing up as a kid, I understood that concept with animals in the farm of like, nutrition matters and you have to feed them good food if you want good end result but when it came to myself totally spaced on that one (laughs) but it's that's the way i like to explain it if you need your body to do its job you need to feed it properly it's not gonna eliminate like every issue and be like the magic cure it's just common sense you've got to give it what it needs to do its job And other things will come up, but you'll get over them faster probably, and it will just,
0: it'll make you be able to cope better. Yeah, yeah, no, I I completely agree. And isn't it funny how, I think too is understanding like you know the macronutrients and a lot of times we know like you know i don't know if when you were a kid but when i was a kid like we took the little flintstone chewable vitamins like every okay time. yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> i'm probably totally dating myself here <laughs> but my like we gonna have our little chewable vitamins and so like we know that you know you need vitamins like we need no we need certain vitamins and nutrients etc and minerals but i don't think because we don't really get this in school. And so, unless you really start mm-hmm. to, well, at least I should say, I didn't. I didn't get yeah, this in school. I know. But unless you, and most doctors have very little nutritional training, actually. Yes. It's a very, very, like a very short period of their overall training that is on nutrition. We don't really understand why we need those specific vitamins and the specific nutrients mm-hmm. and minerals and what they actually do for our body mm-hmm. like vitamin D living you live further north than i do like i mean i know like you know yes we need vitamin d but what it actually does and how it's actually a hormone and what it does for our immune system and what it does for all these different functions within our body and i think if if we knew that then we would be like, oh, well, of course I need to make sure then yeah. that I'm getting, you know, these proper amounts and that I'm getting it from food and its natural source and not just a fortified flower with these fortified, you know, synthetic type right. things. But anyways, that's like a whole nother soapbox. <laughs> but yeah, I with you. It's like that that knowledge um, and just taking a little bit further and understanding it, then I think it clicks for us because otherwise it's just like, well, I'm eating, you know, like I'm eating food. I'm not letting myself get hungry. Um, yeah. And sometimes we just don't go beyond that. I didn't. Right. Years. Yeah. Right. Food or like
1: eating doesn't necessarily
0: mean you're, you're supporting your body. Yeah. It's Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Well, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story. I know that there's people out there that it's it's going to help. And so I thank you for that. I know a little bit of that was hard. So I really appreciate you coming on. And is there anything uh, that you want to leave people with or if they want to find out more about what you're doing, uh, the best place for them to do so? Yeah. I think if something I would just say to somebody who, who wants to start making the
1: changes or knows that they need to um, just start small, like it's been a 10 year journey for me. And I just looked at what was affecting me the most and just started trying to make changes there rather than, you know, it's easy, especially with the online world to find people who look like they're doing all the things and you're like, Oh, I'm never going to get there. That's not how they got to where they're at. You have to just pick one thing, dive in with that, master it, and then once you've got it, then you can move on. This is like a, it's like you're building a building. You just gotta do it one board at a time and eventually you will have the structure and the lifestyle you want. But if you try to do it all at once, it's not gonna last, you're gonna burn out or you're gonna get so frustrated because you have so many unfinished pieces in your life that you're gonna give up. So there's no shame in starting small and starting slow. That's how I started. Sounds like that's how Melissa started. Yeah. That's the way to go. So that is normal and that's good. And if people want to know more, they can find me on my blog, A Traditional Life. And I'm also on most social media platforms under the same name.
0: Perfect. And guys, we'll have in the blog post show notes that accompanies this episode. I'll have links um, so that you can easily click those and follow Autumn's journey. So, Autumn, thank you so much for coming on and sharing today. Yeah, thanks for having me, Melissa. Guys, I hope you enjoyed that episode just as much as I did. It was so nice to hear Autumn's story, and she really, really shared her heart. And I know that that came through. So I hope that it encouraged you and inspired you. And I wanted to also share with you our verse of the week for this episode. Many of you have been commenting in messaging me or emailing me or in your reviews how much you like this part of the episode and how much it speaks to you, which I am thrilled about. And I don't always do it on interviews, but I felt That I wanted to share a verse of the week with you on today's episode, which is obviously was an interview. And that is Psalms 103, verses 2 through 4. And this is the Amplified Translation. Bless and affectionately praise the Lord, O my soul, and do not forget any of His benefits, who forgives all your sins, who heals all your disease, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you lavishly with loving kindness and tender mercy. And I wanted to share that verse with you because sometimes when we are in the midst of a struggle or turmoil or whatever it is we're going through, sometimes it can be easy to forget that it will be redeemed no matter what dark spot we are in to trust in the Lord, to praise Him and to not forget any of His benefits, even if it feels like we can't see them at that time, that they are coming He will forgive all your sins. He will heal all your diseases. He will redeem your life from the pit. And he crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercy. And I don't know about you, but I need more loving kindness and tender mercy in my life, as well as extending that to others. So thank you so much for joining me today. I will be back with you next week. So blessings and mason jars for now.